Our first reading this morning is from the book of Exodus, chapter 12, verses 1 through 13. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall be for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the tenth day of this month every man shall take a lamb according to their father's houses, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his nearest neighbor shall take according to the number of persons according to what each can eat. You shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the fourteenth day of this month, when the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight. Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. They shall eat the flesh that night, roasted on the fire, with unleavened bread and bitter herbs they shall eat it. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roasted, its head with its legs and its inner parts. And you shall let none of it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until the morning you shall burn. In this manner you shall eat it, with your belt fastened, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. And you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and on all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This is the word of the Lord. Let's turn one more time to... 1 Corinthians 11, 23, 1 Corinthians 11, 23, I'm going to read verses 23 through 26. This is the Apostle Paul, for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus in the night in which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you, do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. This is the word of the Lord. Now, um, we're going to celebrate, we're going to celebrate the sacrament of the Lord's Supper this morning. <laughs> and I want to give to you a little history of my own pilgrimage in taking the Lord's Supper. Um, you know, I wanted to be a Christian and I wanted to do what Christians do. And I know that Christians make professions of faith and Christians sit down and eat this table, eat from this table. And so I was very excited and I told my mom and dad I wanted to... Um, make my profession of faith, and I wanted to participate in the Lord's Supper. Now, one of, I'm going to give you, all a, give you all an answer to a question. If you come and you want to join our church, one of the questions I'm going to ask you, it's not a trick question, I just always ask people, I say, why do you want to take the Lord's Supper? And everybody looks at me and they kind of go, this is a trick question. I go, no, I just want to hear that you want to take it. 
I just want to hear that you want to sit and take it. You're going to find out why in a minute. So here I am. I'm participating in the Lord's Supper. And then the new wore off. Has the new ever worn off of something before? You know, you go buy a car and the new wore off. <laughs> now you want to get another one, you know. You got a pen and the new wore off. You know, buy another one. Well, the new wore off. And so I began to be unhappy about taking the Lord's Supper. And I began to look at it like this. I began to go, oh, no, it's time for the Lord's Supper. It's going to be 20 more minutes of service. Okay? You with me? You ever been there? And so, you know, I was glad the Lord didn't leave me there. Um, I kept reading. I kept studying. I wanted to know, what's this supper? What's this table all about? And so I don't remember anybody preaching this to me. I just remember I started reading those verses that are in 27 through 33 about eating and drinking in a worthy manner so that I don't drink judgment to myself. And so I started thinking, okay, well, what do I do? Well, I pulled out the, my favorite passage of Scripture. I pulled out Isaiah 6, and I read about God's holiness, and I saw, and I said, Lord, I, you're holy, I'm not. I need your blood to cleanse me of my sins. I'm, this is how I'm going to get ready for the Lord's Supper. I went to Matthew 5, and I, I, I thought about you know making sure I'm right with all my brothers and all my sisters, and now I'm ready to eat and drink the Lord's Supper. And I think this was improvement compared to saying, oh, no, it's 20 minutes of stuff I don't want to do. And so I kept reading, and that's, that's a good start. It's getting better. But there's more to it than that. And one of the things that I want to say to you that it's, more than that, it's, it's a supper. It's a meal. And for you, anybody in here ever taken chemistry? I took chemistry. You know what the teacher says about a mole? Teachers say a mole is a mole is a mole is a mole. That's what you hear. And some people would say a meal is a meal is a meal is a meal. So if you and I go to Subway and we're going to go eat at Subway, we're by ourselves, we get our sandwich. You get your, you know, double meat, black forest ham. Some chips, a drink. It costs you twenty bucks now. It used to cost six fifty. You know, so you go there and you're by yourself and you're you know, there's no intimacy, there's no sharing, but then you go maybe to Jersey Mike's and you go with somebody you know and you sit there and you get your stuff and you don't get drinks because they cost eight bucks now. And so now you pay twenty bucks for two, you know, two sandwiches. But you have some fellowship. Now we're getting closer to the Lord's Supper. But when you do a business meal, now we're getting real close to the Lord's Supper. You see, a business meal is when you go there and you sit down and you talk to each other and you're talking business. What are we going to do about our business? How are we going to improve our business? And then there's the, some handshaking going on. And there's some real business transaction taking place. And when you get to the Lord's Supper, it's a business transaction. That's what's happening at the table. In the Old Testament, in the New Testament, business was done at a table. Business was done in a meal. Handshaking was taking place at the meal, if you will, striking bargains. Let me give you an illustration. In Genesis 27, we all know the story about Isaac. Isaac tells Esau, the red man, right, the red man. He was so hairy, he was red man. <laughs> he had hair all over his body. He said, son, I want you to go out, and I want you to kill. I want you to prepare a meal for me, and I'm going to do some business with you. I'm going to give you the blessing. Well, Rebecca, the wife, finds out, tells the smooth man, Jacob, to go out, and they're going to get an animal. They prepare the meal for, their, for, for Isaac, and they deceive Isaac. Remember, he says, he says, well, son, you have the voice of, of Jacob, but, and he feels of him. Remember, they put the hair all over him from the animal, and they, they disguise the Jacob, and he says, you have the voice of Jacob, but you have the, you know, the skin, the hair of, of Esau. 
and they deceived the father. But the business was done at the table. He gave to Jacob the blessing. Remember, business is done at a meal. I could give you other illustrations, but suffice it to say, business takes place at meals. And so we want to look at the business at the table today. And we first want to look at the old business at the Lord's Supper table. Then we're going to look at the new business at the Lord's Supper table. And then we're going to look at your business at the Lord's Supper table. First, let's look at the business, the old business. What's the old business? Well, in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three, Paul writes, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus in the night... Now, this tells us the business at hand. In the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. Well, we know that he was betrayed that night, but that's not the night. That's not what we're talking about. In the night. What night are we talking about? Well, remember that Jesus has set it up that they're in an upper room and they're celebrating the what? The Passover. It's the Passover. It's the night of the Passover, and thousands upon thousands of Jews have gathered in Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. The Passover is the old business that's going on at the table. In fact, all this old business that's been taking place for all these years since their exodus from Egypt, all those Paschal lambs have been pointing to one lamb. With me? All this has been going on in the past. All this old business is preparing for the new business that's going to take place the next day. Jesus is instituting the Lord's Supper that night before it happens the next day. The greater exodus is taking place on the cross. All these lambs, all these lambs have been pointing to one lamb who takes away the sin of the world, John 1, 29. In our passage, if you have any doubts that this is all about Jesus, he says there in verse 26, For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim not the lamb's, but the Lord's death, the final lamb, until he comes again. The old business is about Paschal lambs. The new business is about one final lamb. Now, even though the old business is is old, it's still important for us to understand what's going on when we study the Lord's Supper. So let's think about what's happening And Mr. Ross read that in Exodus chapter 12. The Passover is a memorial meal. It's a celebration of their exodus out of Egypt. And the Lord is is doing something. He's teaching the people something. And we're going to learn from it and pass forward on to the new business. It's all about that angel of death. Remember what he read about the angel of death? God's going to do business with these folks in Egypt. He's going to do business with his folks He's going to do business with Egyptians. He's doing business this night. This angel of death is coming. And how would God identify his people? Anybody who took that lamb. Remember what it said about that lamb? They were to go out and they were to take a lamb, spotless, unblemished lamb to sacrifice for their sins. They were to bring that lamb into their home. How long? I I think the lamb would stay in their home for a couple of weeks. What happens to, to little lambs and animals that are in your home, under your feet? Sort of get intimate with them. Then they were to take that lamb and put that lamb to death. And they were to do two things with that lamb. They were to take that blood and smear it on the doorposts and the lentils of their home. And then they were to take the meat and roast the meat, eat it with bitter herbs and unleavened bread. 
The, the blood on the doorpost and the lentils was doing business with this destroying angel that would come and enter into that home if that blood was not there and take the life of the firstborn. And they were to also have that meat roasted and ready. They were to sit. They were ready to go anticipating their deliverance out of Egypt. Two things are happening. God's doing business with his people. This angel is coming. God says, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And he said, he's saying he's going to pass over you and I want you ready. I want you ready to walk out of here. I want you ready to be delivered. The angel of destruction brought terror and death to every home in Egypt that did not put the blood on their doorposts and lentils. God is doing business whether the people thought he was doing business with them or not. They didn't do business with God, but God was doing business. And those folks lost their firstborn. And in Egypt, there was wailing and gnashing of teeth like never before. I want you to take note that the Passover meal was instituted immediately before the exodus happened. The same way Jesus is setting up the Lord's Supper, he's doing this before the greater exodus. His exodus through the cross happens to save us from our sins. The entire covenant community was to observe that meal and that Passover every single year after this in memorial of all that had happened years early, the years or so earlier. Each year the Passover was to be celebrated in Jerusalem and, and three times a year the book of Exodus tells us that the fathers were to stand up in front of their children and say, God has saved you out of the ex- through the Exodus. Fathers were to teach their children. And each year, as successive generations were added to the people of God, they would participate in this great deliverance that took place in Egypt. Every year, there would be another group of kids added, being born. There would be slaves and there would be aliens who were brought into the covenant community through circumcision. And this is what Hughes Oliphant Olds writes. He says, By participating in the meal... Each new generation was added to that people who had been saved from the armies of Pharaoh and the slave masters of Egypt. So maybe you weren't there when it happened, but now you're down the road and you're part of that covenant community that was saved, and that's part of your salvation. The same way we look back to Jesus Christ, we weren't there when he died on the cross, but we're saved through faith of what Jesus did on the cross. That's a little free. Now second, the new business at the table. When Jesus institutes the Lord's Supper, what's going on? Jesus is sitting there. They're celebrating the Passover. And Jesus does something. He says, this is my body and gives them bread. This is my blood and he gives them wine. What's he doing? Well, he's doing new covenant business. Now, for them, he's doing something that he can't do for us. He's telling them the night before, and only those the night before can get this part of it. (laughs) This is what I'm doing tomorrow. I'm telling you what I'm going to do beforehand. And many times, if you read your Gospels, Jesus is constantly telling his disciples what he's going to do before he does it. This is Jesus telling them beforehand what he's going to do. Here's this bread, here's this cup, and here is what it is. It's the cross, and that's the next point is this. He's giving to them not only beforehand what he's going to do, but he's giving them new visual aids. Did you know that we need visual aids? Don't teachers use visual aids, Matt? Teachers, teachers use visual aids. Visual aids. Now, what were the visual aids in the Passover? 
We got blood all smeared on doors and lentils. And the other visual aids was roasted meat. In the New Testament, Jesus says, here's some visual aids. And so people who have been taught, when they see bread and when they see wine, they see that. And what do you think? If you've been taught, you think cross. You think body broken, blood poured out. That's what you think. Visual aids. We have to have the word to teach us what these visual aids mean. These visual aids, Jesus is saying all the blood of all the lambs in the past and even the blood that you see on the table, I mean, even these elements you see tonight spread on the door frame that you remember and all the, the uh, meat eaten in the past are being replaced by me. I'm the final, I'm the final lamb. My body broken, my blood poured out. I'm here to fulfill everything on the cross I'm going to go to the cross, and on the cross, I'm doing business for you. Listen to the words. This is my body for you. This is the blood of the new covenant given up for you. So no longer is it going to be blood, remembering blood all smeared on, on, on doorpost and front, the front of the door. No longer is it going to be roasted meat. Now it's going to be bread. And wine. These are our visual aids. Jesus is doing new covenant business. We are to remember what he did. He tells them, he tells us, remember. Remember, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. This is the new covenant in my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. And they were to remember. Remember? Taking by faith, taking that blood and smearing it on the doorposts and lentils. You know, that's the only thing that separated them from Egypt. They were sinners just like the Egyptians. The only thing separating them from judgment was that blood. And they anticipated being saved as they ate that meat in haste. They heard and they, re they were to remember the weeping and the crying as the destroyer went through the land. And you and I, we need to take the bread and take the wine and remember Jesus dying on the cross for us. We need to remember what happened for those three hours when he went through a literal mental and soulish hell as he went through all these terrible things as God abandoned him on the cross. Well, finally, Jesus is doing new covenant business and he says this, he says, gives us commands. He doesn't say just, this is just for you, right? He says, take it and eat. He says, take this and drink. So in the old covenant, to be part of this group of folks, you had to participate in the meal. You with me? In the new covenant, you have to participate in the meal. Jesus tells us to take and eat. So he sets a table before us. And it's important for you and important for me to understand that business takes place here. New covenant business takes place here. Jesus is giving this to you. Yeah, he uses a man. He uses a man. He uses his hands. But Jesus is doing this. He's saying this is for you. Now that brings us to our own business at the table. Will you eat? Will you drink? Business is being conducted at this table. Christ identifies his own. 
He stretches out his hands and he gives you bread and wine. He says, all that I have done for you, here it is. Take it. Eat and drink. And you and I, we do business by saying, all that you have to give to me, I take. I'm going to take you again. I'm going to eat and I'm going to drink spiritually again. The Lord's Supper table is the place where we do real business. This is the place where your commitment to Christ is either reaffirmed or refused. With me? So you can come. You can come to church. Listen to me carefully. You can come to church and you can, you can sing and you can be here. And you can fellowship and you can walk away and have no real outward response. You can sit and go through a Sunday school class and I hope one day we have them. I do. And you can sit and never have a response but when the Lord's Supper served, you either reaffirm your love for Christ and you eat or you do not. What's, what, what will it be? That's what it's all about. Am I going to eat? Am I going to reaffirm and re-ratify this covenant with him who says this is for you? And you're going to say, yes, it is. Or no, it's not. At the table, if you're not a Christian, it's being brought forcefully to our minds this morning. If I'm not a Christian, I'm excluded from the benefits of the gospel of Jesus Christ and his death on the cross. I'm excluded. The minister says if you want to participate, you have to be a person who's turned from your sins, put your faith in Jesus Christ, profess your faith in Jesus Christ. You want to live a holy and godly life and be a part of His people. And when you're told that you can't participate unless that's true, it ought to be a warning blast across the boat that you are in right now saying, Warning! You need to be made right with God. You know, I read a story about John Bunyan. John Bunyan, y'all remember John Bunyan? John, the Bible, let's find the Bible. You know, the Bible is the most published book ever. John Bunyan's is the second most published book ever, Pilgrim's Progress. Now, John Bunyan, when he was a little boy, his granddaddy used to love to tell him stories. And one day, John Bunyan realized his granddaddy was really, really upset. And so John Bunyan's little granddad came up to him. He says, I want to tell you a story, but it's just really so upsetting to me. He said, I went to town and I saw a husband and wife who had been involved in robberies and murder. And they had been in prison for five years. And now they were being put to death. And he was there when they were hanged. And he told John, he said, I'm going to tell you something. When they took that hood and they put that hood over that woman's head and she starts crying, oh God, I'm lost. I'm lost, I'm lost, I'm going to hell. Oh, why have I lived such a life? And he said, John, the awful words of that woman are burning in my ears. Warning, get right with God. Before it's too late, this is a warning. This is a table that warns us if I'm not eating, then I'm not right with God. I need to get right with God. At the table, we have covenant young people who've been baptized and, and their mamas and their daddies bring them for baptism. And let, let, me, let me explain. This is one of our distinctives as Presbyterians. So here we are as Presbyterians. And let me help, help you to understand it. 
When a mom and a dad brings their child for baptism, they're not saying they're saved. They're saying, I understand my child's a sinner. I understand my child needs a Savior. I understand I'm going to teach them the gospel all the days of their life till they leave my house. It's a privilege and a blessing to be born into a Christian home with parents who love and teach and give their children the truth of the gospel. And this is what we do when we read and we study and we pray and we ask God to help us. And so we bring our children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord and we tell them, this water says something to you. God says, you will be my people, but you, young person, have to put your faith in Christ. That's what it preaches to us. The gospel is preached to us by the water and the gospel is preached to us by the sacrament. But you have to say, young person, I will be one of your people. Every time you come to the Lord's Supper, there's unfinished business for you to do unless you eat. Some of our young people might say, well, I'm very young. Well, here's what I would say to you. Go to your mom and daddy. Come to your preacher. Come to to a close friend and say, you know, let's talk about the Lord's Supper. You don't have to take it yet, but let's prepare to take it. Let's think about taking it. Let's talk about this stuff. Let's talk about spiritual things. You know, hey, folks, this is a commercial. Guys, look. Guys, listen to me, guys. If y'all can be there on Saturday morning, this is a commercial. If you can be there, it's great. Talk about spiritual stuff. Talk about spiritual stuff with your kids. Tell them about the Lord's Supper. Start salting them. (laughs) Put salt on them. Make them thirsty and think about spiritual things. Why should we come to the Lord's Supper, folks? Let me tell you why. You need to eat and drink today because you need the grace that comes while we eat and drink. There's difficulties in our life. There's trials in our life. And you receive participation in the body and blood of Christ right in this meal. And you need this grace. Every one of us is going to go home today. We're going to find time to eat and drink. We're going to find time to be with friends. We're going to find time to do the things we want to do. What's more important than this? Nothing. Nothing more important than this. Tomorrow I'm going to Facebook maybe I'm going to text I don't Facebook but maybe you will y'all forgive me but I don't man maybe I need to grow up and learn we're going to make phone calls we're going to write emails we're going to do business at school but will we do business with Jesus at the table if you're backslidden and you say you know pastor I'm backslidden I don't know if I should eat today friend you need to repent today and eat right Have you eaten before? See, Jesus is not the one who left. You are the one who kind of went away. (laughs) He's always been here. He's always been here. He's always been part of the preaching. He didn't go anywhere. And you are the one that needs to come back, and you need to eat. If you're a faithful believer in Jesus Christ, what do you need to do today, folks? You need to eat. Let me tell you what Matthew Henry says. Listen to this. These are great words. 1670s, early 1700s. Listen to this. Christ offers himself to you again for your good in the Lord's Supper. Christ offers his wisdom and counsel to you to direct you. Christ offers his power to support you and protect you. Christ offers his justice to you to justify you. Christ offers his holiness to you to sanctify you and make you holy. Christ offers his mercy to you. And do you good, lift you up at the supper.
This is what he's doing at the supper. Christ offers his promises to you to give you hope. Christ offers life to you to give you eternal life. In Jesus Christ, you are adopted sons and daughters, and by his spirit, you are to cry, Abba, Father. That's what happens. He's offering himself to you. And you and I, we need to come and we need to eat. So this morning, I'm going to offer the Lord's Supper to you. We're to remember what he did. And we're to commune with him in the, in the bread and the wine. Now, we don't believe that the bread and the wine become the body and blood of Christ. But we believe that spiritually, as we eat this bread and wine, Jesus is feeding our souls by faith. Don't you need to eat? If you don't know what, if you're not ready, make plans. Do you hear what I'm saying? If you say, I'm not ready, well, let's talk about it. Let's make plans. If you're a covenant young person, you've been challenged to think about it and make your plans. If you've been backslidden, you, you, you uh, repent of your sins and let's eat. But sincere believer, it's time to eat. Let's eat and let's drink to the glory of God. Let's eat as members of this congregation or another congregation. Let's eat and be filled. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for an old business, Passover business. We thank you for new business where Jesus institutes this supper the night that he was betrayed, giving bread to us, giving wine to us to be remembered and done on a regular basis. Lord, we need to be fed. We pray, Father, that, Lord, we would humble ourselves, repent of any sins, and we would put all our faith and trust and hope in one righteousness alone, which is Jesus, who makes us worthy to eat and drink this morning. We pray that you'll set these elements apart from their common sacred use. We, may, we pray that we might eat to uh, the glory of God and for our, our good. In Jesus' name, amen.